Welcome to You Are Here, the podcast where we have conversations with people who have courageously taken the road less traveled. I'm your host, Rachel Ree, and in each episode, we'll be exploring stories from people who have followed their own path and are living life on their own terms. Know that we're here to meet you where you are and where you'd like to be. This is You Are Here. Hi, friend. Welcome back to the pod. Each week, I've been loving being in conversation with such a diverse mix of people with different backgrounds. As some of you may or may not know, I used to be a full-time content creator, so I pulled in someone who I've known from the early days of Instagram influencer life. So this week, I'm chatting with Claire Gens. Claire is a former nurse turned multi-passionate entrepreneur. She's a lifestyle content creator, owner of a women's safety app called Perry, a real estate agent in the Raleigh area, and also a proud supporter of her husband's energy drink called Cumulus. We talk about her multiple career evolutions as well as her courage to move cross-country and back again. We also delve a little bit into what a modern family structure can look like. Overall, Claire is someone who is courageous, bold, and leans into the art of the pivot. If you enjoy this episode, remember to follow, rate, and review wherever you are listening to podcasts. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I feel like we've just been following each other for forever. And I know that we met in person in Chicago for an influencer thing. But I think at that point, were you already a full-time creator? Because I also want to get into what you were doing prior to that and your whole life before that. 2018, I feel like I had really started working kind of full-time as a creator because I had started cutting down my hours nursing but I didn't leave the hospital like working as a nurse until the end of 2019. So I still felt like I was working full time, but it wasn't my only dedicated job, I guess, influencing until the beginning of 2020. Okay, got it. Yeah, I think maybe then in that case, you probably were doing some form of nursing. Nursing. Okay, so talk to me about that whole process. So you were a nurse for a few years, I'm assuming. What was your life pre-Instagram influencer culture? So I applied to nursing school in 2013. And about like a year or so later, maybe like 2014, 2015, I had started my Instagram account. At the time, I was only doing fitness content. And Really, I had just started it because I wanted to hold myself accountable during nursing school because the hours with clinicals and the coursework, everything was just much more demanding. And so I said to myself, okay, I really want to hold myself accountable. So the only natural thing to do is to post every day on <laughs> on Instagram. So yeah, and this was before, I mean, you know, like stories weren't a thing. I mean, it feels so long ago now at this point, but basically, yeah, I was just uploading, you know, the little square one by one photos. So at the time, it was really just to kind of hold myself accountable when I was going through nursing school. And then when I graduated nursing school at the end of, I guess it would have been 2015, and then I started working as a nurse for a few years, it was during those first couple years that I had started a few brand collaborations here and there. But it was mostly just free product, and it was just something I still enjoyed doing and At that point, it was less about holding myself accountable, but oh, I can share what I'm doing as a resource for other people. And then after a couple of years of that, it was, oh, I think I could actually make a living from that. And then, you know, things just kind of transpired to the point where then at the end of 2019, I made the decision to officially leave nursing and do influencing full time. Yeah, that's what's so interesting about being a content creator now and kind of having been one all those years ago, because at that time, no one was really doing brand partnerships or brand deals. So it was all very new and no one knew that it could be a career. But now I feel like this next iteration of creators, they're very much going into it of, oh, we see that this can be a career and a profession. You can make really good income from it. And so they're going into it with a different intention, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And I remember, Rachel, like the first brand collaboration, not paid, but I remember a company wanted to send me leggings and a sports bra. And I was like, oh my gosh, these leggings are $90 and they're going to send them to me for free. So it's just like so funny, I guess. I don't even know what the right word is for just like how things have transpired. But I have thought to myself that 
basically for the first three years, maybe two and a half years, I really didn't make a dime. I mean, influencing wasn't even a career then. And I was thinking back, if I had started with the intention of making it a career or a job, I don't know if I would have stuck with it because doing something for that many years and not making anything from it, for most people, I mean, myself included, that's like very frustrating. And that is part of like having your own business. And I know that now, but I don't think I would have had the foresight to see it through, to be honest. No, totally. Because yeah, at the time, it's for you, it was accountability. It was accountability for me too. And then it was like, oh, there's all these other side things of building community, making friends online. But it was never a primary reason to make income from it and have that be the primary source. So yeah, it's a really interesting shift to know what it is now. Yeah, it's still kind of like the Wild West. But now there's definitely more structure, like you said, around it. And people kind of go into it thinking, okay, I want to make this a career. I want to make extra income from this versus like you said, when we started, it was just for this accountability. So then in 2019, you ended up leaving nursing to go into this because you were getting brand deals and whatnot. But what was that sort of decision like? Because you did put so many years into schooling and to being a nurse. How was that, I guess, just transitioning into this new field and kind of being more entrepreneurial with this? So I remember at the time kind of starting to think, okay, I'm feeling really kind of like stretched thin on both ends because basically, you know, luckily as a nurse, you know, people think it's like, okay, you're working. So I worked as a medical ICU nurse. So I had three 12 hour shifts a week and then you have the other four days off, which seems like a lot of time off. But during those three days that you're working, I mean, physically, mentally, and emotionally, it's exhausting to when your days off you're like, I don't want to do anything or you're catching up on laundry, on groceries, you know, kind of like all the basic things because the other days you're waking up at five, you're not getting home till like almost eight. So I think I had known that I was being like really stretched thin. So that's why in 2018 and 2019, I had cut down my nursing hours some just to try to find like a better balance. But the thing that went into the decision, it was definitely something that I stressed about for a long time. And this isn't something that I talk about a lot with it. But the people close to me know, I knew I wanted to step away from nursing because I just loved what I was doing with my blog and my brand. I felt more fulfilled. I just enjoyed it more. I was making more income. I had a better schedule. Like There were so many reasons where I was like, well, Claire, you obviously this is what you want to do. But I think in the back of my mind, I always had people say, oh, well, you're not just an influencer, you're also a nurse. And as if there was something like, oh, but like you actually have a real job and you have a brain because you're a registered nurse and not just an influencer. And even though I'm someone where I feel like in general, I'm very good at not taking in other people's opinions. That was something that, to be honest, like really kind of mess with my head because I had to think, okay, well, now when people say, what do you do? And I say, oh, I'm a content creator or I'm an influencer. And I would have this inclination to follow it up. Oh, and I also used to be a nurse. And to be honest, I still kind of do that. I mean, it's part of who I am and it's true, but I know that comes from a place of insecurity about what people are going to think about me and my intelligence. And so that was honestly probably the hardest thing to kind of break away from when I made the decision to officially step away. But yeah, I just knew at the end of the day, I was like, hey, this is like what I truly want to do. And other people's opinions and perceptions of me isn't what's going to make me like happy when I'm waking up in the morning. So I just need to do what I know is going to be best for me and what I actually want to do. I'm so happy and thankful that you actually brought that up because even for me, that was something that I really struggled with too, because having this whole corporate experience and then saying like, oh, I'm just going to be posting photos of myself and sharing my thoughts on things online. The perception of what it means to be a creator or to be an influencer, I think it's definitely shifted because now people can see that there's this whole creator economy. But at the time, and even still like kind of those preconceived notions of like, what is a career? It's a little bit difficult, I guess, to get behind, especially if you have 
a professional experience like for you, the nursing and all of that to kind of get people to shift their opinion and also shift our own opinion internally about it all. For sure. Because like you said, it's other people's opinion. But I also knew at the end of the day, the reason this is bothering me so much is because it's an insecurity that I have. You know, like that's where it comes from. Otherwise, it wouldn't hurt as much or like hit as deep. And I think that you're right now, there's so many more jobs and just less traditional paths that people are taking. But five years ago, it wasn't necessarily like the cool thing to do or it wasn't as common. And so, yeah, I still feel like the space is misunderstood to a certain extent. And I mean, Mm -hmm. it's still so new that if you're not working in it and you don't actually see the ins and outs of what goes into creating content and brand deals, I mean, why would you know? Like there is no reason that you should. But now, you know, there is more awareness around it versus, you know, there was even less, which made it harder. And then when you actually ended up deciding, okay, nursing is not for me right now. I'm kind of done with that phase of my life. When you started to tell your friends and your family, was there any pushback or any comments that you got? What was the reception like? My closest friends were definitely supportive. And a lot of my friends also at the time and still are nurses. And they were like, hey, like, I get it. It's exhausting. And we don't blame you. Like, we're trying to figure out, do we want to go back to school and like get out of bedside nursing? Like, do we want to do a career change also? And I think they also knew that I was making much more doing content creation as a nurse. So it's kind of like, okay, well, you're enjoying it more. You're making a lot more money. So part of my friends understood. I think some of my friends, but mostly my parents, were definitely more just from a place of security. And I feel like a lot of parents are their generation. So both my parents were FBI agents, so they didn't really have like the most traditional job. But it was still a job like my dad was an attorney for them and then he became an FBI agent for them. My mom worked as an agent for them. And you're in those roles until you retire. And so I just think that generation in general, they're not used to now where more so people switch jobs more often or even much less that, but are starting their own businesses. And so I think their main concern was we just want to know that you're going to be okay and that you have security. And I think security, again, for certain generations looks very different for what it does for us now or staying in a job that, yeah, I might have security and a pension, but I'm kind of miserable doing it. And I honestly know if we're going to talk about security, there's always a potential when you have your own business to find a way to make money. But I think, again, that's just a very different mindset like you're in my generation, how we've grown up and things that we've seen online and in this space that we just view it differently. So my parents are always supportive, but I think also part of it was just not understanding because they'd be like, wait, you're getting paid to do what? And I'm like, right. well, like I go online and I post this picture with the brand. So now, you know, they get it. My dad's always like, I found you a new follower today. You know, I was telling them about... <laughs> So like, they've always been very supportive. I think in the beginning, it was like, we just want to make sure that you're going to be okay. And they're also like, always just keep your nursing license just because like, you never know. So I think that is more kind of where they come from. But I feel like I've been very lucky and that they overall have been supportive. And my husband, Stephen, he had told me basically to leave nursing for like a long time. He was like, yeah, you should quit you'll be good. Like, go ahead and quit. I'm like, I know. I just don't feel like I'm ready. Yeah. First of all, your parents being FBI agents, I had no idea. I think so fascinating and so unique for them. Well, they didn't have a traditional job, but it was traditional in the sense that it was like secured. And so you mentioned security and how that looks differently for like different generations, different families. And so I think, yes, our parents' generation definitely views security of like the more traditional routes. But I guess for you, as you've like navigated your career, how are you defining security and happiness and kind of like your professional life? What does that look like? And how do you define what that is? Yeah, I guess I know security, I guess it's not like an interesting word that I use because it is true. But now it's almost funny because I feel almost more security 
having various businesses or businesses that are just based on commission and more so performance because it feels a little more in my control or like there's different outlets. But in other roles, kind of like all your eggs are in one basket. And I think for me, like, yes, you have the security of an actual paycheck and there's less risk in a lot of ways. But I just think for me, I feel like the more eggs I kind of have in like different baskets, so to speak, it just gives me more like leverage and flexibility not to feel like if one thing doesn't work out or if one thing slows down, then I'm done. I mean, we talked about this earlier, but, you know, like working in real estate and then also having my blog and Instagram and my husband has a nine to five and he also has an energy drink. So we've always kind of, again, for better or for worse, because there are downsides to trying and doing so many things. But I just think that's also what is genuinely fulfilling to me. And so it's not secure necessarily in a traditional sense. But I feel like I have more control over the outcome because it's based on my performance. Maybe that's kind of the best way to explain it. Yeah, I think that is totally valid. And I think that if people, I mean, you didn't necessarily work in corporate or anything, but kind of same sentiment of, you know, if you collect a paycheck from one employer, then that is security, quote unquote, or that's what people assume. But there's so many different external factors to that. You know, you could get laid off or, I mean, In nursing, I'm sure, like you said, there's a shortage, but maybe that would mean that your hours would drastically increase, leading to burnout and other sort of things. Exactly. Now, though, looking back, we'll get into kind of like all your different avenues of income and different business pursuits. But I guess at this stage in your life, now that you're kind of five years removed from the nursing field, is there a part of you that I don't want to use the word regrets, but like looks back at that time of like, oh, you know, maybe I should have stuck with it or maybe that should be a part of my life in some way. And the only reason why I'm bringing that up now is because sometimes I feel like when people make bigger life changes, there can be a tinge of like looking back at a certain time in life more fondly. What are your thoughts or experiences around that? No, I totally get that. And I can always go back. And so I think that's something to your point of just sharing for anyone like contemplating a change, you can always go back. So for me, I'm like, I have my nursing license. If I tried something different and decided in one year, two years, five years, you know, I actually think this isn't for me. I could just go back, like no harm, no foul. But speaking from my experience, I am really glad I worked as a nurse. I mean, there was a lot of it that I really did enjoy. And I also think it taught me to be more empathetic and understanding. And I think that has helped and will help, especially with real estate. So there's always things that I feel like you can draw from past experiences. And so I don't look at anything as a regret or like waste of time. Like, oh, I shouldn't have gone to nursing. Like everything kind of sets you up, I think, for where you're supposed to be right now. So I look back at that and I'm like, I'm glad I did it. But I knew in my gut, like it was time to part ways with it. And I have not regretted it. I never think, oh, like maybe I should go back or should I have gone back? I pretty quickly knew once I left and got into the groove of just then 100% working for myself that I was like, this was the right decision. Like, you know, in your gut, you know, once you make Mm -hmm. the decision, And then once you get into it, like, okay, yeah, this was the right thing. But I feel like a lot of times it's just like ripping the Band-Aid off for you to like really know. You either feel the sense of relief or a sense of, oh, my gosh, what did I do? So you're right. It is kind of a gut intuition or energy that you might feel. And some of it I feel if it's kind of like, oh, what did I do? Like, I know there's been times where I'm scared or nervous. I remember when I first when I left nursing I was like, okay, I know that I wasn't making as much, but that was a guaranteed paycheck and I could always pick up shifts if I needed to. And so that kind of quote security was gone. And so there is that bit of a feeling of, okay, in two months, I don't know what brand deals I'm going to bring in. Or I know I've booked X amount, but like that could be it. Or I could bring in several more. You just don't have that certainty. And so I think to your point, there's part of it where it's, 
you either know in your gut, like, okay, this isn't the right decision for me because it's genuinely not aligning. Or are you feeling that way just because you're scared, which is what happens when you try something new. And if you're not to be cliche, you know, if you're not scared or out of your comfort zone, you're probably not growing. But then there's like that side of the coin too. A hundred percent. I think that's so true. And actually, another thing that you had mentioned that I think is really relevant that I wanted to talk a little bit more about is you mentioned that skills from your past. So you're mentioning the empathy kind of helps you in your real estate career, which we'll get into. But I also think that even from before getting into the real estate aspect of things as a content creator, your experience and your identity of being a nurse, I know kind of set you up for certain brand deals or partnerships or storylines or things that you wanted to show your community on Instagram. Yeah. And I, it's funny that you say that. And I just think something good to bring up because I think sometimes people also think like, oh, if I want to work as an influencer or a content creator, that needs to just be what I'm doing. And to be fair, I understand that part of it because it does take a lot of time and energy. However, one thing I've found over the years with brands is they appreciate when an influencer can bring another perspective or like expertise to the table. Besides, again, not to use like just working as an influencer, but when I had, when I was in nursing and had that really recent nursing background, a lot of brands would reach out because of that. And they were like, hey, like we know she's an expert in the space with health and wellness. And that's why we want to work with her in addition to the personal brand that she's built. So I do think there's something to be said, again, for you know your various jobs that you had or that you currently have. Like I know any like certifications that people have, it, you know, it doesn't even have to be like another full-time job, but those are things that brands pay attention to and value. Yeah, there's so much validity in literally any aspect of your life. If you, you know, are going the content creator route or any actually next phase in life, just bringing those previous experiences to your present day, it does benefit in some way. You might not necessarily know quite how, but it shows up whether it's in the soft skills or hard skills or whatever it might be. For sure. No, I totally agree. So then like with you, you were a nurse and then a fitness content creator and then kind of now talk a little bit about the evolution of how you've showed up online and kind of the types of things that you share online and then now kind of what you're doing in addition to content creating. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, I originally started out with solely fitness and then after a few years, I just kind of realized, you know, this isn't really bringing me joy anymore. And, you know, you're kind of trying to find the balance of like, you want to be a resource for people and you want to be helpful. But then also, if something isn't aligning with you, then it's very hard to continue to show up authentically and actually be a resource and help people if it's not aligning with like you as well, and, like what you're going through. So I feel like at the time, you know, I just shared where my content kind of gradually turned more into lifestyle. And I know now so many people, I feel like there's kind of like two sides of it, but people are like, oh, like you should definitely have a niche. And like now more people are, I feel like they're like, oh, well, you don't need a niche. But at the time it was very much like you need a niche, you need a niche. And to be fair, that's how I grew. But then I do feel like I opened myself up more for brand partnerships when I wasn't as strictly with fitness. Like my best years were when I wasn't niched down. But I think, yeah, I just kind of realized, you know, I'm a multifaceted like human being like the rest of us. And I know that some people feel really called just to share about one thing in particular. And I just over the years have been like, well, I want to live a very fulfilled life. Yeah. I mean, as not to be like as a modern woman, but yeah. you know, we're all juggling so many things. And so for me, I'm like, that's just like what I want to share tips and tricks and ways to kind of like do it all. So really, that's how my brand has evolved over the last few years. And during that time, I developed an app in the women's safety space, Perry, and that was designed to help get women out of awkward and uncomfortable situations through giving you a fake phone call. So my husband and I, he helped me with that, but essentially launched that, I guess it was at the end of 2021. And then recently, I decided to get my real estate license because I've been thinking about that for the last couple of years. And so now 
in addition, I'm doing real estate. So we could dive into any of that if you want, but that's been kind of the trajectory of things that I've been working on in addition to content creation still. No, I love it. And that's why I initially wanted to reach out to you because I have seen the journey and the evolution of all of your different interests coming out in a very organic way, starting from nurse to fitness influencer to then lifestyle content creator. So kind of that first inflection point of fitness to lifestyle, you had already amassed a certain following that knew you for being one way. Did you experience any feedback or pushback from people that follow you of like, oh, I thought you were just posting about this one thing and I only want to view you in this one way. I'm not as interested in sort of the lifestyle aspect of things because I do think that sometimes when there's change, like whoever it is, change is always hard to accept. But I'm just wondering what your experience is like. So I was kind of surprised that I didn't get more negative feedback or just kind of pushback. But instead, over the years, I've had a lot of people say, hey, I've followed you since those days. And I really appreciate now that you share it all. Because I think they feel like it's maybe like more relatable or more realistic. And I also understand, I mean, for me, I didn't come up ever with like a workout plan. I would be like, hey, like I'm going to share about macros and these are the workouts that I'm doing and these are tips. But I was never a personal trainer per se. And so if I was, I could see people because I know trainers that I follow, I don't go to them for anything else, but just, okay, I'm going to do your workout program and I don't care about anything else that's going on in your life. I'm just here for the workout. Mm -hmm. But I think in my case, since I had already shared other glimpses into my life and I was just a, quote, regular person who was counting macros, doing workouts, but it wasn't my profession, then I think kind of having that switch, people were like, oh, you know, like it's refreshing and it's really nice to see that you've been able to achieve this balance because it wasn't easy. I mean, it took me several, probably like two years of kind of getting out of that mindset with like health and fitness and counting macros. But then when I was on the other side of it, it was like, hey, I feel so much better about my life now and the balance. And so I think people appreciated that. Have you noticed the same sentiment of we're with you, we're on this journey with you in the other aspects of your career of starting the app, becoming a real estate agent, all of that? Actually, yeah. I mean, I will say I might be biased, but I feel I'm always like, I feel like I have the best community. I mean, <laughs> I rarely get negative messages or feedback. I mean, during 2020 when everything was like real political, so to speak, and I definitely like shared a lot of opinions on that. I got like some understandably negative <laughs> feedback or people who disagreed, but I would still say like 90% of my audience was like, oh, I'm so glad you're talking about this. Like, thank you so much for bringing it up. So I feel like the majority has always been super supportive. And even since then, I feel like it really like weeded out a lot of people. Not that we all have to have the exact same thoughts. And, but I feel like even from 2020, I feel like there was, for lack of a better word, a bit of a divide, which we all know. Yeah. So I just think the people who really aligned with each other, it just kind of became more clear. And I feel like even ever since then, I just feel like the women in my community are honestly so supportive. They'll message me like, I'm so excited for you in real estate or like, oh my gosh, congratulations on Perry. And so, yeah, I just feel like it's such an amazing group and I might be biased, but I just have been very lucky that there's very little negative feedback. I think that's awesome. And it just like speaks to how you've shown up online consistently and authentically. And that word authentic, I feel like gets used so much <laughs> no. uh, online, but it's true though. So that's probably why people are resonating with you because they're kind of on this journey. And what I've also found is that anytime for me personally, when I start sharing things about my life or if I'm going through a transition of some kind, I will get feedback from people that follow me of saying like, oh, I'm also going through a transition or it just makes you a lot more human and relatable to be able to share those moments. A hundred percent. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's people that have unfollowed me over the years, but I'm just like, you know what? That's fine. Like, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Like, I don't want to follow everyone on Instagram either. So it's like, yeah, you know, it's totally fine. 
And I actually went through a period of that too. So as I was going through certain transitions in life and evolutions, I ended up kind of going through some of my following as well of like, oh, does this person actually still resonate with me? Or is that maybe mm -hmm. a previous version of myself? You know, I used to follow a ton of trainers and now I really only follow the ones that I might know personally. But yeah, you kind of just like graduate into different areas of life. And I feel like that's totally fine. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like all of us have evolved. And so then you're like, okay, like, is this still in alignment? And there's nothing right or wrong, like if it is or isn't. But to your point, there were so many accounts that I was like, you know, this just isn't like nothing wrong with their account. And I'm right. glad that they're doing their thing. But this isn't just aligning with what I want to focus on to make a priority. And it's either distracting me or making me feel bad or insecure. I'm like, so, you know, we can just unfollow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you mentioned, though, when you got into real estate, you had actually been thinking about it for a couple of years. Is there a specific reason or reasons in terms of why you waited a couple of years? Was it something you just wanted to sit on and really reflect on? Or was it just not the right time of some kind? Why sort of that time period? At the time, I think I knew I was really busy with content creation. And so I was kind of thinking, because I think a lot of people think like, oh, I can do real estate part time. And you can to an extent, because I know the average transactions that agents do, it's like four to six transactions a year. But I just knew if I want was going to get into it, that I wanted to learn from someone who is the best and like really dive into it. And so at the time, I just knew I didn't have the bandwidth, for lack of a better word. And then as a few months had passed, we were also at the time debating about moving to Denver. So there was that whole thing going on. And that took about like eight months until we finally got out there. So there was just like a lot of it was busy and then a lot of other kind of like potential transitions going on. And so then after we got to Denver and then like six months after we got settled in, I said, OK, now I feel like is the right time. I'm still thinking about it. I still want to do it. I have kind of like more time and flexibility. But then after getting my license, we decided to move back to Raleigh. And so it was like, well, anyway, so but that was kind of the original thought process and why I kind of didn't do it right away. But it had been something that was on my mind. And I also think over the years, I didn't feel this way as much when I first considered real estate. But I think the other thing that like really pushed me to go ahead and do it was because I've realized that as much as I love my current job of blogging and content creation, Perry made me realize working on the app that I don't actually love to be the product mm -hmm. or like the brand. Whereas when you're an influencer, you are the brand. And I'm like, I actually really love so much of like social media and content creation, but I don't need it to be about me. And so I think real estate, I thought, okay, social media is still such a huge part of that. And I can use my creativity and like expertise with social media and creating content and the network I've built through social media to help with that. But like, I don't have to be the product mm -hmm. itself. And so that was something that was appealing to me because as much as, again, like I love my current job, when you feel like you personally have to show everything about your life 24-7, I don't care. Like I'm an open book, but it's exhausting being, you know, if it's like if you go out to dinner and you're like, oh, like I just want to have a date night. Oh, but do I need to share this? Because I need to be creating content because this is how I make a living. So I think real estate is giving me a little bit more of a barrier where it's like I can still show up as a content creator and still share my life, but my entire income isn't yeah. relying on just me sharing me, if that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. And you're right. With real estate, you're not the product. The home is the product or the property is right. the product itself. So you can highlight your skills and the creativity behind the content creation in a different way, but you're not necessarily front facing because it is hard as a content creator to consistently show up. And what if you're having a bad day or a bad series of days and, you know, the mental health and the mindset behind all of that too. It's really hard then to consistently show up and not allow yourself to take those breaks then. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other thing is for me, I almost feel like it's more, again, like relatable and interesting because I mean, to be fair, like when you are working as an influencer, 
is very much a real job. But at the end of the day, a lot of people can't relate to, oh, my job. I think now there's more relatability because it's like, hey, I'm also having to go into an office. I'm also having to go into meetings or go like I'm doing other things that whether you're in the corporate world or a sales job working for yourself, there's more similarities. And I just think that's more relatable at the end of the day. I mean, whether that's right or wrong or like bad to say, but I mean, I do think that that's true. And I think that also helps as an influencer. No, definitely agree. You did touch on the move. So you were originally from Raleigh and then went to Denver and then now you're back in Raleigh. Yes. So basically my husband and I had lived in Raleigh for about eight years between like Raleigh and Durham because I used to work at Duke Hospital. And then we had decided last year and honestly, even the year before that. But like I said, it took like eight months to finally move because the market was crazy. Blah, blah, blah. blah, Everyone knows. So we had been in Raleigh for a long time and just thought, okay, we want to try something different, maybe a slightly bigger city. And we had thought about New York for a while, but we have two dogs and we also have the businesses. So like taxes in New York. And so we're like, oh, like, is that a great place to get set up for numerous reasons? So we ended up deciding on Denver. And I mean, there's still so many things like I love about Denver and even prefer over Raleigh. But I just think like over the time that we were there, we were missing. It's just like a different vibe and not in a bad, but it's just like, you know, every coast is different. You and I talked about this, like you were in Austin Mm -hmm. and then it's just like a different vibe compared to the West Coast in California, compared to New York, compared to where the East Coast, we're not like the, yeah, like we're not the deep South, definitely not. But like, (laughs) you know, we're on the East Coast, but still more in like the Southern. So every place just has like, it's a different vibe to it, like not right or wrong, but just different. And we were just missing the East Coast. And I also think, you know, when we moved out there, we paid almost double for our Denver house than the house that we were living in in Raleigh. And when we were just kind of going over our finances and my husband is starting his energy drink business that we've been working on for the last several years, we were like, for where our priorities are and where we want our businesses to grow to, it doesn't make sense to live somewhere that has this high of a cost of living. Mm-hmm. So it was that, and we had a lot of equity in our house. So we were like, we'd rather sell, use that equity to put towards our businesses and things like that. And also we were just missing the East Coast. And especially with me being in real estate, we didn't want to stay out in Denver longer than we needed to. You know, it's not a great business to have to move in the middle of and like build new referrals and connections and everything. So that's when you're basically like, you know what? Interest rates are not great, but, you know, we know that Raleigh's growing. It's still going to be a great place to invest. Like, let's just rip the Band-Aid off and get back to the East Coast. No, I mean, I think that's great. And I really applaud the fact that you knew this pretty early on into your Denver journey that that wasn't the place for you and that you were totally okay with moving back to Raleigh. Just because I feel like when you make that kind of cross-country-ish move, It can feel like, okay, well, this is permanent. Now I just like made this huge move. I have to give it a good, you know, year, two years, however long it is. I know it was like that for me. So I'm just going to stay here, even though in intuitively or in my intuition, in my gut, didn't necessarily feel like it was the right fit. But like there is this feeling of, okay, I have to like try it out. Yeah. Well, and it's funny that you say that because originally, Stephen, my husband, had came to me probably like six months after we had been there. And he was like, I don't know what it is, but Denver just doesn't feel like home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I hear you. And I was definitely more into it than he was at the time. And I was like, I hear you, but I also don't want to make a rash decision and just get up and leave. I feel like we need to give it a fair chance. And then decide, like, is it feeling uncomfortable just because it's not familiar? Or like we talked about earlier, it's like, or is it just like not actually aligning? And then I would say like a couple months after we had that conversation, I had come back to Raleigh for work. And I thought being here, I was going to be feeling, oh, I'm so glad we're in Denver, blah, 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 blah. And then when I was here, I was like, I actually kind of miss it. And I Mm -hmm. wasn't expecting to feel that way. And so then 
I didn't even say anything to him when I got back from that trip because I didn't want to even create more doubt. I was like, let me just kind of like sit with this for a bit. And then a couple months later, he was like, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't feel like home. And then the next day is when we kind of like coincidentally then went over all of our finances and everything. And then we were just because it was like tax season. Mm -hmm. We were basically like, is this like really aligning with what our long term priorities are? And so that was kind of the buildup of events. And we're like, you know what, like, I think we just need to go back. Yeah. So then we listed like two weeks later and here we are. (laughs) No, but I think that's a really good practice, too, to just like reflect and also align on what do I want my life to actually look like in the future? Where do I see myself really? Or how do I want to build my life? Right. Like, what do I prioritize? What do I value? And like, what's going to get me there quickest? And again, it's not always just like about speed. But for us, it's like, well, we know that this is like what we ultimately want. I will say Denver moving there gave us clarity on that. Because if we hadn't have done it, we won would have probably still been thinking like, oh, should we move? Should we try somewhere new? But two, it made us like really get clarity on what is most important to us. And we wouldn't have had that if we hadn't taken the leap in the first place. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel the exact same because for a while I was thinking it wasn't working out in Austin for me. So wait, did I just, you know, lose those two years? But if anything, it really did, to your point, give me the clarity of like, okay, now I know it's not it for me. Now I know what my priorities are. Now I know what feels like home or what a city should feel like for me when I live there. So you're right. Yeah. Even though that's not the final answer or final destination, like you can still get clarity or get some sort of learning from it. For sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, we're like, okay, that was a, not an expensive mistake. Like it is what it is. And we're like, you know what? Again, like it is what it is. We went, we did it. And again, I'm like, I would have rather have done it sooner than later than still mulling over it, still thinking about it Mm -hmm. years later. It's like if you're still, because we had been thinking about it for like eight months, a year. So it's like, if you're still thinking about it, just do it. Because it's Marie Forleo. She says clarity comes from action, not thought. And so I feel like a lot of times, like you couldn't think about something as much as you want, but until you actually do it, you're not going to have probably the clarity on like what's actually right. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you have any advice or any tips on, you know, for someone who's mulling over a decision they want to make, whether it's in their career or location of where they live or whatever it is, but maybe that's exactly what it is. It's like, stop thinking about something and just actually do it. And that's where you're going to get the clarity. Yeah. And I get if it's something like on a whim, like one day you wake up and you're like, I think that I want to move to blah, 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 or whatever, you know. But I think for us, we had thought it through. And like, you're only going to be able to answer so many questions about, are you going to like something? Are you going to enjoy something? Whether it's a move, whether it's a job. Mm -hmm. Again, you can only do so much research on something until you're just like, okay, with the information I have, I feel like this would be a good fit, but I'm not going to know unless I just do it. So it's like, yeah, like do your research and weigh the pros and cons. But at the end of the day, you're not going to know 100% unless you just do it. And then when you do it, it's like, okay, yeah, this is definitely an alignment or this actually isn't what I thought. But now I know. Yeah. So I know that you and Steven are very open to change, doing your research and also figuring out what is best for you. But would you say that there are other people in your social circle that are similar to you or are you... Are the both of you kind of on a lone island figuring things out and everyone else maybe has a more traditional path in whatever way that means? I feel like it's a bit of a mix. Like some of our really close friends do have a more traditional path, but I feel like they have always been very supportive and have been very like, oh, we love what you guys are doing. We're here to support you, whether it's businesses or we've chosen not to have kids. And then there's a mix of other friends we have who have started their own businesses and are more similar to us, maybe in a job or career type of way. But I think at the end of the day, just like over the years, we've kind of surrounded ourselves with people who we either know are supportive of the decisions we make and not going to make us feel bad or guilty. Like, oh, you guys should actually not take all that money and invest in a business. 
you know, because like at the end of the day, it's our choice. And so we want people around us, you know, it's just to be supportive. It's our money, our choice, our business. Right. And so I think we've been lucky that over the years really found people that are either supportive and or align with how we're living our life, but in slightly different ways. So I think that's definitely important because who you surround yourself with, I mean, obviously, if the people that you're in proximity to, that dictates so much of how you show up as a person, your thoughts and your feelings. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's really important, again, not that everyone around you has to be the exact same, but you surround yourself that are either supportive and truly believe in you and or that are on a similar path that you can relate to. Now, you mentioned the kids thing, and we did talk about this before. And normally, I would not ask if anyone is going to have kids or whatnot, but I know that you've been actually... Oh, yeah, no, but I gave you... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I brought it up and I gave you permission. <laughs> yeah. And you've actually openly talked about it on online with your community on Instagram. And so how has that reception been like to be married and to be very open about not having kids? I do think that society is sort of shifting to where there are a lot more couples who are intentionally choosing not to have children. But I do still think that there's probably a good subset of the population that are like, as soon as you get married, so when are you going to start having kids? You know, and that's the default question that comes up. So what was that reception like and kind of what was your decision making also around that? So I feel like the reception of it, I actually don't think I've had one woman that follows me tell me you're going to regret it or you should have kids or like, why wouldn't you want to? I feel like it's either been women that are like, thank you so much for sharing this. I have felt really alone in feeling this way and it's felt very isolating and it's really nice to hear someone else share why they've made this decision and that they're also choosing not to have kids. And on the flip side, I've had moms message me and they're like, as much as I love my children, I can totally understand why you've made the decision not to. So... Again, I think I've been like really fortunate with my community in that sense. But yeah, that's kind of the reception that I've gotten. And as far as making the decision, I I have a great relationship with my mom and my sisters. And so it doesn't have anything to do with like family dynamics or anything like that. And I do want to say, I think for any women listening now, like the answer of just I don't want to is enough. If someone's like, I want kids, you know, your first thing isn't like, well, why do you like no one's asking like, well, why do you want them? You know, I mean, I might internally because I don't but like, you know, so I feel like just I don't want them is reason enough. And like, you shouldn't have to explain yourself. But I know, obviously, we talked about this before, right? Just like the thought kind of process that went into it. And so like, I'm happy to share. And I think for us, before I met Steven, I never wanted kids. And I didn't even really think I was just like, no, like, I don't think I want them. And then when I met Steven, I thought, okay, this is someone I could actually see having a family with. And so even though I know that we would make great parents, and, you know, I think like in a perfect world, I'm like, oh, for us to have, you know, a child and be a little, you know, three musketeers, it would be so cute. And, you know, he would make a great dad. And, X, Y, and Z. I just think at the end of the day, a lot of the things that we've talked about, number one, in my opinion, I don't think having kids is something you should be on the fence about. Every woman I have spoken to and my close friends, they're like, I love my child and it's the most, being a mom is the most amazing thing, but do not have them if it's not something you're sure about that you Mm -hmm. want. All my closest friends, except for one of them has kids. So this is me, you know, sharing their advice. And I also just think it's something that we're on the fence about. And so I'm like, that is a huge life commitment, not only to yourself, but like, it's not about you at that point. It's about your child. And I also know for us, we just have other priorities that we know would have to be sacrificed. Our businesses that we're trying to grow, travel we would want to do, we just understand people do it. People start businesses all the time with kids. People travel all the time with kids, but it's different. And I'm not saying you can't do it at all, but like it's different. And you're only one person that has so much time and energy in the day. 
And we just know where our priorities are and the things that are most important to us. And we don't want to sacrifice those things for kids. And I think the other thing is not to get political, but the world is just a very different place now than it was when we were growing up. And not to get into school shooting, like those are things that like now I look at and think about. And even my friends that have kids, a couple of my friends who are a little older that have teenagers, they're like, yeah, if I were to have a kid now, I would be thinking about it very differently because it's just like a very different world and not to mention the environment and also cost of living. I mean, everything is so expensive. So just all of those factors combined. And I just think, you know, Steve and I both are like, you know, what? we just really love our life and feel really fulfilled and happy and we don't want to change it. And I feel like that should be enough. Isn't that the goal, right? Of having a fulfilling life, being happy. And if you are already that, then why sort of change the dynamic because of what society might expect of you or what your social circle or whatever might think of you? And also now, thankfully for social media, there's this whole dinkwad community of (laughs) double income, no kids with a dog. (laughs) With a dog, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I read something or it was like a meme the other day. It was like, no one is better off than a dog that has dick parents or whatever. (laughs) I was like, that is very true. I think that now, at least with social media, like you don't necessarily have to feel so alone with whatever your decision is, whatever that's right for you for your individual future, because there is actually probably a whole community out there that's living in alignment with what you're looking for, too. So it's not actually that abnormal, quote unquote. Yeah. And I was talking with this about Stephen the other month. I think with kids, since they're obviously physical and tangible people, you're able to see them in photo like they're there, like you can't miss them versus if someone's posting and there's not a kid in the picture you don't automatically assume or know, like, did they not want kids? Like, you don't know any of the backstory. So people who have kids, it's obviously much more, I don't mean in your face, like they're pushing your, but like, it's unavoidable because you could see them. So I think automatically you tend to see, oh, they have kids, they have kids, they have kids. But the people who aren't posting that, they're not necessarily posting all the time. Like, I'm not having kids. I'm not having kids. I'm not having kids. So you just don't see it as much. So it can feel definitely more isolating because it's not something that's as easy to share or show, I guess, versus if you have kids, they're obviously there and very visible. Right. Okay. So you clearly have a lot of things going on. So you've got your new home, you've got a new career, you've got new things with Steven as well, starting his energy drink. What are some things that you would want the audience to know about you that maybe we haven't covered or want to elaborate on? Yeah, anyone listening, as far as I do want to share a little more about my husband's energy drink. So he has been working on this for the last four years. It's an energy drink mix called Cumulus. And so basically, I'm his wife, so like I'm his number one fan, but also this is something that we've been working on collectively, mostly him. But it's definitely when you have someone starting a business, it's like a joint partnership the whole way through, whether you want it to be or not. But basically, it's an energy drink mix that has three different levels of caffeine that you can choose from. So 90 milligrams to 180 or 280 is like one cup of coffee, two cups of coffee worth of caffeine or three cups of coffee. And you mix it with water and it also has theanine. So you don't feel any jitters. And as someone who has anxiety, I can really appreciate that because when I have too much coffee, that's not a great combo. So, and then also has vitamin C and vitamin D. So that is called Cumulus and it should be on Amazon. I'm thinking by the time this goes live. Oh, great. So we're very excited about that. And also I was going to say if anyone is looking to move to Raleigh, would love to work with you now that I have been living here for almost 10 years and decided it's such a great city and decided to move back. <laughs> So I feel like we're just getting settled into our new house and that's, you know, always a work in progress. So I'm excited to have a little more free time maybe in the coming months. I don't know when that'll be, but to actually unpack a few more boxes and share more about that process online and things like that. But that's about it. Just an energy drink. Exactly. 
unpacking the house, you know, <laughs> very low key. Yeah. I was exactly going to say that same thing of like, oh, no big deal. Just launching businesses and starting new careers and getting a home and furnishing it and doing all the things. So, <laughs> It's a blessing. And a cur- um, we're like, we do this to ourselves. Like this is our fifth move in six years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, before that, it was always in Raleigh. So anyway, and then with the businesses, for better, for worse, we're always, yeah, why don't we go ahead and do that? That seems like a great idea to like our own detriment. But then I'm like, well, that's just what we like to do and who we are. So we're just going to stick with it. (laughs) I love it. You both are very clearly people who live very intentionally, live in alignment of always asking yourself, how are we going to be fulfilled? How are we going to be happy in whatever decision that's upcoming in your lives? Do you have any advice for someone who's searching for the level of clarity that both you and Steven have? That's a great question. I feel like I will say so. I'll be 35 in October, and it's definitely taken me a while to get here. I think a lot of it has to do with just kind of like tuning out the outside noise and expectations, like kind of going back to me staying in nursing for as long as I did because it was an own insecurity of mine and like what other people thought, even though I knew deep down what I wanted to do. So I think just truly being able to tune that out and ask yourself, like, what am I genuinely going to be happy doing and the kind of life I want to lead? And I think a lot of that, it's like taking time off social media to give yourself clarity. Because I know for me, there'd be times that I'd be scrolling and think, oh, maybe I want that. But I'm like, no, you don't. Like, I think a great analogy I once heard is, are you looking through the window or in the mirror? So like, are you looking out a window and like looking at what everyone else is doing? And are you letting that influence what you actually want out of your life? Or are you looking every day in the mirror and being like, what do I truly want? What are my priorities? What is going to make me happy? What is a life I'm going to be proud living? And I think like in addition to that, just not being afraid to take chances. You know, every expert started as a beginner. Everyone did something for the first time at some point. So you can't be afraid to start small. And I was like listening to a podcast today and it's like, the people that you look up to or that are very successful in their field, it's not glamorous. And I think sometimes social media can portray that, but it's literally just showing up every day, being humble, keeping your head down and putting in the work, not worrying about the outside noise. And so I just think it's getting clear, tuning out other people, being able to take chances, try different things, see what you like, see what you don't like. And knowing that like at the end of the day, there's no right or wrong. It's just what genuinely aligns with you. And I feel like you find that out over time when you're willing to like put yourself out there and try different things and just be honest with yourself about what actually feels like is a good fit. Last thing I was just going to say is I feel like it's so, so important to surround yourself with similar or like-minded people. I know for us, if we want to go back to the jobs, like so many of our friends have traditional jobs and that's totally fine. But all of them are so supportive of us and encouraging for like trying different things or when we're feeling frustrated, they're there as a support system. And also on top of that, it's like you want to surround yourself with people who you want to be like. Like I was saying earlier with real estate, like I wanted to work for one of the best teams because like I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to be there just to be like, what can I learn from? And these are people that I admire and I want to be like. So I'm just here to learn and ask questions. And I feel like that's so important because who you surround yourself with, those are going to be the habits that you have, whether you're motivated, disciplined, all of those things are have to do with like the proximity of people that you're around. So that would be my other last piece. Surround yourself with people that you want to be like. I love it. I think all of those pieces of tips and advice are going to be so helpful for anyone who's really searching for a life that's aligned to what they want. And you really do make a good point of sometimes it just takes a matter of reflection of, am I looking at my own reflection in the mirror? I think that's a wonderful analogy. And sometimes that means shutting out the noise and getting off social media and tuning out all the people that are around you if they're maybe not in alignment with 
what you're thinking for yourself. So, and that all does take time. So also probably being patient with yourself too. A hundred percent. Again, we all have so many habits that then like, if you want to change who you are or become a different person, that's okay. Like there's plenty of times where I'm like, not really like thrilled with like who I am right now. I want to put in the effort to change. That's okay. And also, but to your point, Rachel, it's like being patient with yourself and knowing again, it's just showing up every single day and doing the things every day that people only want to do sometimes. That's what sets Mm. you apart. So yeah, patience is key for sure. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Claire, for being here. I loved this chat, getting to know you a lot more and really just diving into all the different aspects of your life. I feel like it's going to be really inspiring for people who are maybe on the cusp of thinking about certain change, whether it's their location, their career, their family structure, whatever it might be. So thanks for being so open. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. And I will just say you are a great interviewer. So just wanted to throw that out there also. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is a new journey for me. So I'm excited to grow into it more. So thank you. Yeah, no, it was so fun. Yeah, I loved it.